This is the Search Hustle Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and share the methods, tools, and experiences that we handle every week as digital marketers working with SMBs, franchises, e-commerce, and startups to help them grow their business. I'm William Nozak. Who's heard me speak here before? Not a single person. Fantastic. All right. How many business owners do we have in here? Our business majors. A good chunk of you. All right, let's do the other way. How many of you are not business majors? All right, real quick. Why are you in here? Me? Yeah. Um, business. Oh, that's great. Are you minoring? Are you minor? minor. Very good. Okay. I had a minor in chemistry. It made me a ton of money. So this minor will probably make you guys a bunch of money. So I have Nozak Consulting. I have Search Hustle. Nozak Consulting is an agency. We're full service holistic agency, digital marketing ads, social media, video, the whole thing. I also have Search Hustle. That's my online digital marketing school. So I did get my degree here back in 99 to 08, 09. I don't know. I got an MBA here. Went and started working on my uh, master's at a different school and then came back. And so then I uh, created these things, you know, several years later after I worked in the industry for some different companies and actually left ORU with uh, my chemistry minor, took all the prerequisites to go to medical school, and then decided I didn't want to do that, wanted to keep being a musician, right, because that's what you do at ORU, you play guitar, you sing, you think you should get a career in it, and so, um, so I did that, but I got medical stuff here so that I could make a good decision. Well, I ended up teaching anatomy for 10 years, worked up to a director of education at a local college here with an MBA. It was just super weird. But it made me good money, and it made me a professional, and I got to work with a professional team and teach other professionals. It was a good experience. Long story short, I, you know, my wife's pregnant, about to have a kid, and I'm like, Lindsay, it's time. I don't want to work for other people any longer. I don't like it. I don't like them. And so um, she's like, well, we're going to have a kid. That's not going to work out. Well, we lose that pregnancy, and then um, I'm like, you know, is now a good time to jump? And so she's like, yeah, let's do it. So she keeps her job at a nonprofit, a little lighthouse here, and we live off of her. And uh, we don't have a, a, a nest egg. We, we really didn't plan on this jump. Um, and then uh, I jumped and made a shaved ice stand because while I was in college here, I had done a firecracker stand uh, with $3,000, built the firecracker stand my freshman year, right in the summer, found the place, went through the red tape, you know, signed the contracts, drove up to Pittsburgh, Kansas with a U-Haul like you're not supposed to, brought the fireworks back, categorized them, painted the, sign, the signs and all of that, made 15 grand. And did that with one of my friends here. And then so I just, every year I just made businesses. So I was always that guy. And you, if you're going to create your own business, you're going to have to be that guy or girl too. And so, um, so I got back into shaved ice after I had taught college 10 years. And went from one stand to three stands, three stands in a mobile, eight machines. My machines would be in football stadiums, you know, because the season ends after six months. I extended it out another three by lending my gear to, to stadiums and, and um, was doing 200000 a year off of ice. Uh, of course, that's gross, and uh, net would be about 40 or 50 And so that's just not the money when I get a degree from ORU that I was looking for. Um, so slowly, I just, I just kept learning, kept pivoting, kept growing websites. I'm sitting there in my shaved ice stand making seasonal money, and I had annual bills, and I had kids now. And so I couldn't live off my wife's income forever, right? I got to pay ORU's college loans back. And so... Um, so then I just started building one website. I'm sitting there in my uh, shaved ice stand building one because you know, was, it was now a coffee shop. I flipped it in the off-season to a coffee shop because I got my coffee degrees. I went through Topeka, got trained how to make coffee, you know, trying to make seasonal and annual. I'm sitting there making five coffees and uh, building websites. And I built one, and I built 10, and I built 30, and I built 50. Then I have a company named Nozak Consulting doing, you know, seven figures a year. And so that is just me grinding and running while no one is looking, not sitting there like, oh, I want to make a coffee. Hey, social media, someone come buy a coffee. Well, we're just getting five bucks. All right, cool. So I was building websites, working, keeping grinding. And, and so I had that grind even while I was here as a freshman. Even though I'm like you, I played some video games, don't get me wrong. If I could go back, I'd play a little less. Um, but even while I was here, firecracker stand, built a website. Um, had some other businesses that I tried, went into music, made three albums while I was here and shortly after this, 
from creation of the songs to the writing to the producing to the packaging to getting it online for distribution, all of that, all of that made a huge impact on me as a business owner. And so uh, Search Hustle is then just me repackaging all the things I've learned working for businesses over the last five or six years, running an agency, now running a team. Um, and then Brand Hawk is just me repackaging. So Search Hustle is repackaging it as training. Does that consulting packaging as training? You can't afford me. Take my online course to learn it yourself. Or Brand Hawk, you need my services, but you're in a specific niche. So I niche down my services to paving companies. They pay a lot. They have a lot of money. You can do a lot of quick things and take them from $1 million to $10 million. It's a big deal. That's me. Are there any questions before I talk about these careers here? Okay. No questions. Any questions? Careers. Yes, I have a question. Yeah. Yep. What would you say um, the one experience during your college career that you had the, that had the biggest impact on where you are today? Uh, uh, network. Yep, friendships. Yep, so I have all the friendships I've ever made here have made me lots of money, and I've made them lots of money, uh, my network. And I still come back all the time, even though I don't like all the professors here. I still connect with the ones that I connected with. Terry Unruh, prime example. I still come every year and just say hi and just keep people in my network. Yeah, I mean, it's your network. And then just, um, you know, finishing something. I came here. I decided to get a degree here. I finished it. Um, I made that decision for myself. So this is just one little piece of how I was getting to where I was going. My friends got out, they did one thing, you know, they beelined the money and now they are, you know, worth 10, 20 million dollars. I, I didn't get to be, I didn't get to beeline. I had to, to zigzag. I had to do teaching. I had to like, and, and if you read a book called Range, ranging is better anyway. I, I'm, I'm so much more holistic than these guys that beeline to 20. They're just, they can only view things through that little hole that straight shot at them. Yeah. I went through teaching. I went through music. I went through these different things. I bring this whole, you know, from these different disciplines, like all the college training I did, I get to pull from all these disciplines. If you read the book called Range, you'll see I'm worth way more than them, even though they're worth, worth way more than me um, <laughs> financially. I mean, so, and um, that's what I would say, the relationships. Is there any other, anything else? And paying attention. Like, you got the opportunity to come here, get on your computer, uh, play, jack around, don't listen, get through class, get the degree, and you could leave here just as stupid as you got here. And I saw that. I saw people do that. I saw people do that in my MBA. And I thought to myself, you're not going to be hireable. I thought that to myself. I probably should have said it out loud. But, like, come here, get the knowledge, leave leveled up, stay humble, level up, stay humble, level up, and then just, you know, get out and do you. And so I would think one of the major things I developed here would be communication. I've always been a great communicator, but I did take oral comm serious. I mean, you think it's, it's silly, but I got better in oral comm my freshman year. I can remember back in 99, learning some of those stupid things they teach you. I still employ those things to this day. Like whenever we're training, I run it through, introduce your topic, talk about what you said you're going to talk about, remind them about what you, what you talked about. Like we, we use that, that whole analogy through everything we do to this day. All when we videos, write like your videos. our videos, like it, I try to get my team to use simple or, or, or oral comm things that I got here. So writing and editing, dear Lord, I was terrible at writing when I was here. APA, MLA, who knows? I don't care. But you have to get better at writing in general. You think that just because you have Grammarly now doesn't mean you have to spell better. Seriously, you have to take Gogan serious. Whatever that guy's name is. I love that guy. Gave me an F on one of my papers for using one of my APAs as a source. I learned a hard lesson that day. Um, even though I really did interview him, he said, that's not a source. That's a student. Uh, uh, you get a big fat F in big fat letters. And I was just like, man, I can't stand you right now. But then years later, I just grew to love that experience in my life because it, it was just a jarring moment for me. And so you get out in the real world, APA, MLA, it goes away. What does stick is being able to write a complete sentence that makes sense, that people can actually read and be like, this person is intelligent. And like, you really have to get better at that. You can't be like, oh, Grammarly is around, I can't get better at that. You, writing and editing, I have people that work for me that can't write worth a lick. And I'm telling you, it affects how far I'm willing to, uh, to push them up in my company. It's the real deal. And so, you, you know, you, you've got Grammarly. You've got other things that hold you back. 
These are the things while you're here that you, you have to work on now. Search engine optimization. Optimization in general. Human optimization. Your optimization matters. You are here for the optimization of your brain. Uh, if you're here for something else, then uh, I hope that works out for you. But like you're paying to get your brain optimized. So search engine optimization, this is you learning how to optimize something in engines. Google, Yahoo, Bing, uh, all these vertical searches, images, videos, maps, all these are vertical searches. Social media is our searches, right? There are these lock searches with people where you can connect with people, potential buyers, people that will potentially like and share your information and stuff. Search engine marketing includes search engine optimization. Optimization, uh, SEO, we might say, is the free side of things. You know, when you search something in Google, all these things that pop up below the ads and the map and then this organic component. You, know, you write content, do things, and hopefully you can get there for free. SEM is going to include things like CPC, what you pay for, how, you know, what you're uh, willing to pay to get leads, right? The bottom of the funnel. You've got top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. And so with ads, we're really buying what we know, and you will get out and learn these things and learn them now. And so you buy these things at the bottom of the funnel. Trust me, other people that are paying for it, it's, it's market forces. Google ads, Facebook, all those prices that you pay to boost. Who spent some money on some boosting before and some ads? Nobody. And so what you find is it's, it's kind of expensive at the bottom of the funnel when you find some words that people are like, Every time you run an ad on it, you get a lead. Guess what? People know that too. Uh, your competitors know that too. And so market forces drive up those prices. So you, you want to learn these things now. Like you want to start a, a small business. I, I started a firecracker stand. Like, like low entry to low barriers to entry, low cost. I built it with wood in my dad's uh, you know, yard. He helped me build it. I have zero skills with a hammer. He does. I'm like, he built it with me. We built it in his driveway. He had a great time. I said I had a great time. Um, I just was trying to run a business. And so he had a great time helping me build it. And like he even helped me build my shaved ice stands like you know, 15 years later. That was my dad's gift to me. I took that, I ran a PNL, I ran product um, procurement, replacement, making sure I saved money to go into the next season. All these skills I needed that you will only be able to get by doing something real. You cannot get them in a classroom. You gotta be doing those things now. Email marketing, this is the gold standard. It doesn't matter how many social media followers you have. You can divide them by 10, and, and then every one email you have is worth about the same. Multiply it times 10 or 100. So right, every social media person that follows you, it's like, a, it's like an email list. It's like a social list. But they say the value of that social list divided by 10 because every email you have is worth 10 exit or 5 exit. So when you have an email of someone that likes your stuff, loves your stuff, buys from you, a past customer or potential customer, the email list is everything. So that's what I'm saying. Connections, the people I met. I made an email list while I was here. I didn't know I was doing that. I didn't know I was building a network, but that was an email list. And guess what? They all left, and some of them went into finance with theology degrees, and I'm like, wow, okay. And then other people went and started franchises, and other people went and did successful things. And all of a sudden, their networks were my network because I built trust, friendship. We had love. We just had a brotherhood and a sisterhood. I didn't have girls that came here that are part of my network. Customer relationship management, CRM, no clue. Uh, we use software for that. Social media, super important. You're probably doing it every day. You're probably doing it right now. Um, and so really, it's about branding. It's about, you know, how do I want to present myself? I'll tell you how I use my social media. Um, I post about my kids, my wife, and my life. Uh, and I make it so that people see that when they spend 25000 50,000 or 100,000 with my company a year and they go and search me, they don't see me with a bunch of ridiculous women drinking a bunch of drinks and I'm drunk and I'm like getting high or, or smoking cigarettes and looking like I'm partying. What do they see? They see a down to earth person that if that person makes more money, probably gonna spend it on their family. And so right, all of this social media, it kinda matters and how you present yourself out there right now kinda matters. Because what do I do? When I'm vetting new people that are going to be my client, I scroll all the way back. I'm like, really? Ten years ago, you were, you were doing that? Yeah, so people will do that to you. Your employers will certainly do that to you. Um, I will certainly do that to you if you ever try to come work with or for me. I want to see who you are trending and what your, you know, your spark and you don't have to get it perfect. I didn't, yeah, don't scroll way back on mine. Good Lord. But I'm just saying, like, now's a good time you're to you. Like, it's a good time to start setting that trend line on how you present yourself, your aura, your persona, your presentation. It's going to matter. And so web design is super important. I built a website here and didn't have a look of skills. I didn't take any web classes here. I just 
purchase a box of uh, front page off of the shelf. Not even used anymore. It's deprecated. It's, not, it's just total garbage. And uh, I just built one in the evenings. Like I wanted to play video games. I, you know, I did play video games. Should have played them less. Wanted to play the guitar. You know, I'm super thankful that I, I played the guitar. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, my, my whole philosophy is always be learning something new. Like try to stack all plates you have because then it will stick longer. But like anytime you can learn something in a new domain, it takes a little longer to stick, a little longer to learn. But when you learn the fundamentals, it actually kind of just changes your brain. It's like that neuroplasticity we were just talking about with the psychology major here. Web design, you get up, build a page, take a class in intro to digital marketing, build that page, learn how to build a single page, pretty simple. Uh, we teach people from scratch. And then all of a sudden you're in the game because now you've got a page that you can see how is it interfacing with Google? How is it interfacing with Yahoo and Bing? Are people liking it? Are people reading it? Do you even like it? And how can you change over time? Because web pages are evergreen. They're out there. They're a living document. And so like, you can really grow this thing over time. And your website really is a cornerstone of any, anything if you're a business owner or you're going to eventually own a business or you're going to be a, a, an executive level person in a business or you're going to go back in your second generation business owner to a business owner, dad, or grandfather that has never entered the digital age. These are the things you'll bring back to the table. Anyone's like hoping to go work second generation for a family? Got a couple here. Yep. I had that option to work for my grandfather. Couldn't stand the industry he was in. Um, and so I had to make my own path. Who's like, hey, I'm no second generation. I know I'm going to do it my own first generation business owner. And so that's a good chunk of you right here. A lot of the things, I'll be honest with you, a lot of the things that you business owners are going to do yourself, you'll learn here, really don't apply to small business. You're going to learn a lot of how Fortune 500 runs, and you're going to have that in your mind like, hey, this is big business. But like the small things that you need, like right now, how to run a P&L, how to start a small business, how to manage teams, how to do things better, how to communicate, how to get sales, how to track costs, how to you know, make sure we save for replacement. All of these things that are simple so that you can work yourself out of a job, right? That's what I've done in my own business. Um, and so I started building websites and I worked myself back to SEO analysis. I worked myself back to you know, Google Analytics and I started hiring these people and now I've got 10 people doing all the work. And guess what I do all day? I play ping pong. You think I'm kidding? Stop in my office, you'll see me playing ping pong. Why? Because I worked my back, myself out of my business so that I could be what Robert Kiyosaki says on the right side of the, of the cash flow quadrant, an investor or a business owner, and I don't want to be stuck as a, an employee, an employee of a person, an employee of another of my own business. I want to own my business. And it took me 41 to get there. Yep, you don't get there overnight. If you think you're going to get out of this degree and get there, yep, that's what I thought. And that was like, that's not how it goes. But if you're working on things all along the way, small businesses doing things, it's going to go a lot quicker. It's going to be a lot easier. Advertising. You know, this is a whole different breed. Um, and, and when we talk advertising, there are so many different places you can spend your money with. And guess what? They'll take your money as fast as you can make it. They'll take it faster than you can make it where you've got a huge bill you've got to pay. It makes no sense because you've got no leads. So you have to be very mindful. These are things you have to guard. You have to really have some data. You have to do small sampling, A-B testing. Advertising is anywhere from Google Ads to Facebook Ads to uh, YouTube Ads to LinkedIn. I'm sure TikTok could allow you to buy some things. I wouldn't spend a dime there. Uh, because, you know, that's not where my business owner is going to be. I know where the demographic is for my business. And whatever you sell, you're going to have to learn those things as well. I've tried to spend money on Twitter. It doesn't work for my business. It's good for branding, brand awareness. I certainly understand I need to spend money on brand awareness and, and brand messaging and things like that. But, like, for me, when it comes to advertising, a lot of times I'm at the bottom of the funnel. Hey, I'm going to spend this money. I expect to get this much back. Return on investment or MROI, marketing return on investment. What's my return on my marketing dollars? or my advertising dollars because I lump a lot of things into marketing other than just ads. Graphic design, if you've got a great eye, that is not my strength. Yeah, I have to hire people with great eyes. If you are a designer, I know a couple great ones that came out of ORU and, and we use some of them as um, like 1099 employees or you know, 1099 you know, uh, contractors. And so if you've got a great eye, then start working on those things. Start making great things that, are, that can be pushed on social media so you can start getting feedback. I'll tell you one mistake I made with, with my music career. I made one product. I turned around and made another product. I turned around and made another product. Who, who could tell me what my mistake was? Exactly. I didn't stop and test it against the market and see what, how it was uh, interfacing with the end user who would end up being the buyer. What did I do? Oh, this is my product, I'm the best, I know what I'm doing, I know what the next album's supposed to be, 
and I'm gonna make that album because this is my music and the world's gonna love it. And that is not how products and consumers work. That's a joke. So if, if you can make some graphic design pieces and push them out there to the world and get some feedback and some love or some hate, both are good, um, then you can really start to fashion your own skill set along the way and figure it out um, on, on what is in, what people are you know liking, wanting to buy, need, etc. Data analysis. This is where I live. I love data analysis. In fact, if you've got a brain, this is a great place to be. I, I say that, but not everybody's into analysis. Like it's it's not a given. Just because you're in college doesn't mean you are good at analysis. By the time you get through an MBA, you will be pretty dang good at analysis. If you go through the MBA here, I will have to say that is um, something that took off for me in the MBA program here is just analyzing, analyzing Fortune 500s, making these huge reports with, with Marshall, I mean, just obnoxious reports. But then you kind of get an eye for like looking between the lines, looking like, you know, those old pictures you were supposed to look at and you're like supposed to see a picture below it. I, I could never see those things. Um, anyone remember those from the 80s? <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, so um, data analysis. <laughs> this is like, this is like where the gold is at. If you can take a look, and we're doing it right now for a client, right? This is a prime example. Three month project, thirty grand. No, no big deal. Three months of work, thirty thousand dollars. What I'm going to do is I'm going to analyze everything they've done over the last year, and I'm going to analyze their SEO, their competitors, their ads, and I'm going to say this is what you're doing right. This is what you're doing wrong. This is what we're going to do going forward. And so that data analysis component, this is you getting, stacking your plates, understanding where, you know, web design connects to advertising, connects to social media, connects to email marketing, connects to search engine mar uh, marketing, Google ads, Facebook ads, you know, SEO tools and all these data. And then you just kind of get this, this cohesive understanding or this like, I don't know, matrix-like understanding of things. And then you're able to start coming up with good decisions and good changes for people. Certainly, you always want to test your theories on someone that uh, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I've got a stepdad I built a website for, and I did some real testing there, charged him 500 bucks, and I, there's no loss there. You know what I mean? They didn't pay me anything. Um, and so you, you don't want to start off with huge clients like we're with now. We're with huge clients where if I make a mistake, I could get a suit, right? And that's why I have... Um, you know, insurances for those things like cyber security insurances and things like that. Um, so data analysis, love it. Would love you to love it if that's what you love. Okay, Mo mobile marketing. I don't even understand what that means. Everything's on the phone. Google has flipped their algorithm to, to mobile indexing first. Every single person in this room has had a phone since you were 12. Uh, mobile marketing, that's just, it, it just is. Like it, you, when you do mobile, when you do marketing, you are first and foremost looking through the phone. We find all the time that industries that the desktop is still 80% of their traffic, right? The person's at work, the person's uh, somewhere and they're you know, on their lunch break and that's really where they do the research for certain things. And you find that information in Google Analytics. Uh, but for the most part, you're always looking for phone first. Uh, I don't know if these numbers are real. These are certainly uh, seem like great pay. Um, they're from the Bureau of Labor. Yeah, so I can always tell you this, Oklahoma is never gonna match up with these numbers. I mean, I have a web developer that it makes, um, you know, a little bit less, with, less than that, but they have escalators. So a lot of times in marketing, you can get like escalators. Like, you know, we take on so many contracts and they, they assist you with certain things and they can escalate their pay. And so I'm always more inclined to pay less with escalators. Um, performance escalators, right? How, how hard can you work? How much more do you want to work to make more money? Uh, and, and I can certainly tell you this, these are probably high right out of the gates. Like you've got a, you've got a business degree from ORU and you're going to go into SEO specialists. I don't think so. That's not reality. Unless after this class, you start studying it on your own and start reading the books and doing the work. And then you get out with a degree and you're like, Hey, I've been studying SEO on the side for four years and I've had a couple projects here and this is what I've learned, this is what I know, then that pay right there is probably gonna be low. You're yeah, probably I've, gonna be able to- I've had a student do that. Probably gonna come out and command 60, 65, 70. You get out with a degree without working on your SEO and you took one intro to business class with me, an SEO uh, guy, uh, I wouldn't pay you 52,000. Um, so what, what I'm saying is, if you see something here that you connect with, 
and like a web developer and you get your business degree here and you are all along every stinking semester, every summer doing something in web development to push your needle forward because that's who you say, you know, I am. I, you know, I, I used to teach ultrasound and, and I would tell them on day one, you are either a sonographer before you got here or you're not a sonographer. So what I'm teaching you is gonna be the knowledge you need to be professional, but you were either, either in your soul, in your body, in your bones, a sonographer before you got here because the program is hard or you're just not. And so like you, you gotta know that, like my DNA syncs up with marketing. Like, like I don't even have to think. It's like, you know, I, I hate to reference the matrix because has anyone ever seen the matrix? But like your DNA either lines up with something or it doesn't. And then it just becomes like baby talk, like, like instant language. And so you want your DNA to line up with one of these things. And so if, if you want to do one of these things, and how do you do that? It's time. It's consistency. It's hard work. It's dedication. It's not going through your degree and be like, here's my degree. I want this job. Because if you do that to me, I'm going to say, I like you, but I need somebody with some skills. And then you're like, yeah, I do have skills. See these things I've been working along all along and see these things I've built on the side and worked on every summer or every year or these are the things I did, these internships every year and I worked on theirs and worked with their teams. I'm like, welcome to the team. So here's the, I don't know, the definitions. Um, certainly can tell you if you're at a small firm like mine there's only 10 of us in my office at any given day, you are wearing many hats. My videographer is also my tracking and implementation guy. He will go through Google Tag Manager, Google Search Console, Google Analytics, um, and he will make sure everything is connected, communicating, set up right, you've got goals, you've got things like that. And he's also my video guy. You work for a smaller firm, you learn more things. The bigger the firm, of course, the more they're gonna want you to be specialized, then that means that's more years you've had in that role. You, you certainly will probably get out and work for a small firm um, just getting out, which means you need to be working on some skills, two or three skills that you've been uh, feeding. Um, and then that's that. So I can certainly go over the other one. I could do, okay. So let's go into Q&A. Who's got some questions? I know that's a lot. I speak fast. I'm pretty brass. Um, I, know what I know and I, everything else I don't know. Who's got questions? So when it, when it came to, you know, college and, you know, you say your freshman year really started kind of, you know, the firework station or whatever. So would you say your mindset was like to solve problems and needs at a profit? Was that just your, your beginning mind state? To be honest with you, my mindset was to make money. Straight up. Business owner. I'm not trying to get into nonprofit. Nonprofit is not my jam. I have a lot of people that are in nonprofits. We help a lot of nonprofits. But my, I love sales. I love selling. I am not a salesman by any means. I am a relationship guy. All my sales have ever, have ever come from relationships, not because I'm a good salesman, because I think salesmen are uh, out the window. People, as soon as they see salesmen, people shut down, throw up barriers. And so for me, I, um, yeah, I think it was just, I enjoyed, like I'm that kid that like sold the candy bars. Yeah. Like you give a box to the kids, set them outside the bank. That, that was me. Girls got cookies. Um, I just, I just, I had the thrill of the hunt in me for, as a kid. I also know, you know, I'm an INTJ, ENTJ, and I think if you could do some, some of these personality tests, and kind of figure out a little bit about your personality and look back over your track record right now, I mean, even up into high school, what have you really enjoyed? Then that ought to give you an idea of what you might jump into as the years go by. For me, it was starting a business from scratch. My father was, was, um, owned his own business. My uncle owned a million dollar business before I ever got into college. My grandfather owned his own multi-million dollar company, already retired in Florida before I hit college. Um, so when I look back at my DNA, it was always gonna be me moving into starting something and not working for them. So that, that DNA of what you see your family doing um, and what you feel like just is just a perfect fit for you is gonna define what, what you're doing. I jumped into an AP, um, 
I jumped into athletic director, the, the person that does the athletics my freshman year. I organized that. I didn't know I was really an organizer. I know way better organizers. But like, I just saw that you know we needed a, an athletic director, and I jumped into it. I loved sports. I had a good time, and I just you know got us into every uh, athletic event. And if no one signed up for it, I signed up for it. We ended up being like top fours, Shekinah. Who does that? And so, what's the next question? Personal uh, experience. Uh, what would you? What would be the first basic or first couple steps you recommend we take uh, after we graduate? Uh, college. Yes. Okay, that's too far. Um, yeah. So I would be like, what are a couple first steps you take right after your freshman year? Start there. Um, don't go home and waste your summer. Uh, don't waste your time here playing video games all day. It's just pretty simple. Like, simple stuff. Like, don't go back to the dorm after college and play video games all day. Play video games. It's a blast in college. Have some fun. But, like, be purposeful with, with friendships. I am half introvert, half extrovert. If you are a full introvert, I'm sorry. Your life is tougher than mine. If you're a full extrovert, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to relationships, your life is way easier than mine. I'm not, I'm not a full-out extrovert like Miss Extrovert over here. I actually have to physically work on relationships and then take a break from it because it's like exhausting sometimes to me right who can relate so you're somewhere in the middle and so i would continue to work your friendships uh, build those friendships do fun things with them but then be like hey the summer has come it's not time to lay on my mother's couch it's time to work on some other things get a good job that's kind of in the space start your own business do something that progresses your skills so that when you come back from the sophomore year, right, you, you've got that whole learning gap, you've got educational decay going on, but you've pros pushed the needle forward on your own education because it's you. It's, it's not the school and then here I am, it's, it's you. Hi, I walked into the school, there's some things I needed here. Hi, I'm also doing these things and making these business plans because one day I'm trying to get to Z. Isn't I walk into here and I'm at Z? Just get rid of that. That's just a no, that's just a nonsense. You don't walk in here to get to Z. You walk in here as a point B because you decided this as point B, or your parents did, and, and hopefully that isn't the case. But if that's the case, they made a great decision for you. Um, you walk in for point B. You walk home after your freshman year to point C. What's point C along the path? Figure it out. That's don't don't think about after college. Internships. Internships are amazing. Like I, you know, I would take any of you for free. <laughs> What's the next question? Yeah. I have never had anyone for free. I've paid fifteen bucks an hour to every internship, worth it or not. Some of them are twenty. Yeah. I can't get this thing in. Got it. It's alright. Yes. Uh, what do you think like separated you from like the rest of like the digital marketing? Okay, so we didn't have digital marketing when I was in college. In 99.05, it was Yahoo. Google finally whipped the field and owned everything, and it was, and it was, uh, it was MySpace when I was in college. It was MySpace. <laughs> Facebook was coming, but it was still just for colleges. It wasn't for the whole planet yet. So these big, large organizations hadn't really yet shored up where we we're at today. What separates me, to be honest with you, is the gifts that God gave me at birth. And so it, that's what separates me. And it's better than any of you for what I'm doing. And just like for me, whatever God gave you is better for you to do what you're supposed to do than anyone else around here in this classroom. So you've got to first figure out what those, those God-given gifts are. Like what, what at birth, like I've got three kids and they're so stinking different. My oldest is just like me. Like she, she makes marketing videos. She's ridiculous. My middle one is super shy. I have to fight her to get in front of a video. It's not her jam. Like, I have to make sure I lead her into a good fit for her. And my youngest is one and a half, and I don't even know who he is yet. So you have to figure out all along, what is this that is innate in my DNA, and then line up with those gifts. If you just try to fight those gifts or run from those gifts, you'll just make your journey longer. So, so my answer is, I lined up with what, what I had. 
you, you guys can kind of get a glimpse of what I'm good at. I'm good at, you know, you know talking about things I know nothing about, right? You, I've never even seen this field. <laughs> Yeah, um, I look at anything as just a grain of salt, just a, a dot of info. Nothing is like, there's my info. So uh, it just you're getting more information, more data points. More data points, better decision we can make. Um, this is my journey. Right? This is some of my other friends' journey. Good for them. And these are still other journeys. <laughs> Where are you going, man? <laughs> Uh, I don't think any journey is wrong. Um, I think your journey is certainly going to be different. Um, I, I always knew I'd be a business guy. Even growing up, I knew I'd be in marketing, but then I came here and, and I got dumber at marketing because you know, we're learning about things that hadn't even, hadn't even happened yet in the digital space. And I get out with my old marketing skills and I'm like, yellow pages! Yellow pages? Google? I'm in a weird space. Like, I'm in that weird gap. You guys are learning about Google, but the truth is by the time you get out, Google may be broken up by the government. There may be a new thing you have to learn. And you're going to be like, Google, where are you? It's just kind of like the skills using the tools, right? Those are tools. I look at them as vehicles. I look at them as things to connect me to buyers, connect me to viewers, and I need my buyers out of there. And Google, good for you. But I'm here for me. Because these are channels to get to people. And so I just use them as channels. Whatever channel is there when you get out, you're just going to uh, employ your skills. What's the next question? Hence email marketing. Email marketing is the gold standard. Um, so you said, you said earlier you use ads like you can't do very ads. So like, how did you know like, what, what ads, what ad platform do you use the best? Okay. Uh, why are you asking me about ads? Do you have a business idea or something? Okay, what is it? Real estate? Real estate's tricky. So um, there's some of them that running ads are just not like the number one standard for you. It's like visible. It's like, uh, you know, going to meetings, meeting people, like that public relations wheel. You, you know, get the book called Turning the Flywheel. And uh, it's by Jim Collins, who wrote Good to Great, all those books. And so he talks about these little points along our flywheel. And then we just kind of just, you know, here's our flywheel. We just keep like cranking those things. And so for you, I wouldn't start with ads because you're going to be up against these huge real estate companies that are going to have way bigger dollars. You won't make the right decisions. First, crank some things and then get that flywheel going. And then you, you would add in that space, you would add ads later. Probably Google ads, probably some Facebook because you're always branding. You're always getting out meeting and greeting. You're always going to socials and meeting people. So then that would tell me that branding would be the right decision. And you can do that with Facebook. Facebook's ads are half branding, half ads. Like you get an ROI, but it's also about branding. It sends you to all these people that don't know you, like you, know your friends, branding. So you're always kind of branding. So I would probably use my money there, but I would be very cautious coming out of the gate with that. We have more time here? Uh, One more question? 955. 955? Oh, perfect. Was, there was a question over here? Yeah? Yes. No, Canada, United uh, English-speaking countries. So when you're using third-party tools, um, you're also able to see in Google Ads, hey, if I run these ads in like Australia, Canada, and, and like England, I can have better, lower costs. Yes, in that regard, Canada and even Mexico is kind of easy. Um, you would have to work with a larger company, larger team to really get into international digital marketing. And there are some things, but there's a lot of information out there. If you, if you, like if you speak a different language, the rules will probably be simple, uh, the same. If you learn the rules and techniques in, in, in English, you'll be able to take that back to a certain country and employ those same, same rules. Because it's going to be the same, same rules and algorithms in those so, social uh, search engines, whether or not it's Google or Yandex or something else. I personally don't. I um. But there are some that, I mean, those are huge contracts. Those are like 100000 a year, 300000 a year. Um, no, I don't. What, did you have a specific question about it? Yeah, I mean, I don't consider like English speaking international. 
I would be like, I consider like you transition someone's website to a different uh, uh, language and it's winning in another search engine and we're tracking the success over there. I haven't done it. Over here? No more questions? Yes? I, uh, I didn't, I didn't use them. I, they were just, it just happened. It, it's just like, I made the right friends. I saw people that were, I started businesses with people here. One of the, my best friends that came to college from Victory with me, we were on state track team together. We came here, he was on the walk-on basketball team, sixth floor. I was on the third, third floor of Shekinah. He came, stayed with me. We built businesses together. And so I just built those friendships not thinking a lick about what they would be for me after college and years later as professionals. I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't have that foresight. But I'm telling you from years down the road that it is those relationships that have really been, you know, the godsends in my own path that have like kind of spurred me forward with hundreds of thousands of dollars in this part of my experience or you know, a small experience or project over here that I could work on that could keep progressing my skills or even just sounding boards. And like a lot of the people that hear the, you know, best men in my wedding, um, you know, whatever the other people are in your wedding, they're in my wedding. And, and a lot of them drove in from, uh, from different states, from, from Virginia. And I had a lot of people from all around the country because unfortunately, or you, most of you are not from Oklahoma. You're all over the country and that does suck. But the great thing is, is when they leave, now you've got friends in Virginia, now you've got friends in Florida, and all you got to do is just keep texting them and keep cracking jokes with them and keep following them on social media and keep, you know, loving their families because some people are going to leave here and have like kids right away and you'll have kids like 10 years later and their kids will be in high school and your kids will be like in diapers and, and it's just like you keep liking and loving and interfacing and then all of a sudden there's a moment where all of that makes sense and then your paths cross and boom, there's that moment. I, it wasn't about that. My mentality wasn't, I need to make these friends because they'll make me money. It was just, I worked on those <coughs> friendships. I spent physical time investing with friends, having fun. And those relationships are like the first question of the day are kind of like the biggest thing I got here. There are no challenges. It's pretty simple. It's just Murphy's Law. Everything that can break and go wrong will go wrong. And you just live that way. It's just all going to break and all going to suck and all going to just be costly. And, and you're going to live without life insurance. And you're going to live on a low income. And you're going to live, you know, with uh, financial liability because you're bootstrapping it. And you're just going to, you're just going to accept it. You're just going to love it for what it is. Because then you get to where I'm at and you live in a half million dollar home with an ORU degree. And so, and that, and that like, that is going to happen. That is going to happen. But like you, I've got friends that live in $2 million homes and $3 million homes from these same classes, um, these B-line people. And, and it's just like you really have to set your DNA up and continue to work because you're not going to get out of college and then like a couple weeks later make an offer on a half million dollar home. Like there's some work that you could be doing here because if you get out of here with a degree, you're going to have to do that work then. Um, it, it's an accelerator. It's going to give you your network, and then, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you get it. What's the next question? Was there one over here on this side? There were questions. Got two more. Uh, do you recommend having social media, uh, being someone who's never had it? Of course. I have a friend that's in uh, California, moved here from, you know, New Mexico, totally country guy, major road rage issues. Drove with him to like Walmart a couple times. I was like, I would never ride drive with that guy again. You know, we were his friends. We were in the back seat, made him mad. And like when you exit that Walmart, there's that like there's that median. Like in the middle of the road, he realizes it and just floors it. And it's just like, I'm like, dude, what? I'm terrified for my life. And so, <laughs> so this guy is in financial planning. Doesn't have any social media. I can't find him. Dude, you are not in IT. You are not a cybersecurity guy. You are not somebody that has to stay behind the scenes. You have to be visible. And so when I go to search him, I can't find him. 
So when someone starts to vet you out, when they want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars with you, millions of dollars with you, they better be able to go look up your name, look something about you, look up a brand, and make sure that you're connected to it. And then they need to be able to click those things and see what's happening there. Do you need social media? It's a necessary evil. I can't stand Facebook. I can't stand Google. I can't stand any of these things. And business owners all the time you know, tell me, I don't like Facebook. I don't want a business Facebook. I, I get it, my man. But that's not an option. You're a business owner. You're going to have a business page. And if you have a business page, you need to have a profile. And you can hide, change your name, make it so you're not visible. Don't communicate with anyone. But we have to have a business page. Right now, until you have a business, you have to have a personal page. Start kind of building that personal brand. So, um, over the summer, LinkedIn's I, great, yeah. I had gotten into like Google Analytics and getting certifications for that, but I didn't know um, what type of opportunities you could use those certifications for. None. Um, you, you just want to really start getting out in the real world and start saying, hey, you've got a business. Who's doing your analytics? I learned a couple things. Let me go test it. You're not going to learn from a, a piece of paper and a computer and then just be like, here I am, I got a certificate. You're going to be like, hey, you run, you got like your mom and pop shop and I like you and you like me. Why don't you let me set up some Google Analytics? So you set up Google Analytics, you track some data, and you make some discoveries and see if you make the right decisions. Because you won't, right? It's art and science. It's pattern recognition and then it's also wicked so like kind means we can use pattern recognition like chess. If you want to play chess, good for you. Get 10,000 hours. In marketing, the 10,000 hour rules is actually negative because marketing changes so fast. It's called wicked versus kind, right? If I'm golf and I golf my whole life and I'm, and I'm Tiger Wu and I can like, you know, live a life and make tons of great money. And so why? Because it's a kind world. I learn the, the laws of physics. I learn my stroke. I learn the courses. In marketing, it's wicked. It's always changing. Pattern recognition can actually hurt you. It actually can really cause you to be terrible. Now, it can work in spurts, but you have to remember that always in marketing, you know, the status quo is always changing. Marketers get smarter. Businesses get smarter. They catch up and everything changes. You want to get ahead. You, they catch up in a year or two. You want to get ahead. Something changes. You catch up in a year. So it's like pattern recognition comes and goes, but you got to be willing to drop it. And so that's why you're in Google Analytics to test some things, see what you learn, see what you don't know, go back into training. Test some things, see what you learn, see what you don't know, go back into training. Courses aren't gonna do you anything. You gotta com compound it with real world. And I will say in digital marketing, you have a whole simulation where you're, you're doing it every single week. And, but then like you, the same thing that he said, there are tons of places, churches, Oh, Industries, yeah. People with no money. You don't need Good money. Restaurants that need to get the word out. They you don't need, need money. Help. You need experience. Because you will you get can, the money. You have so, so many opportunities to get experience with all Yeah, don't worry about making money in college. Like, delayed gratification is a real thing. Like, I'm just hitting 41, you know, just just now hitting my stride. Like, that, I, that's a little more delayed I'd, I'd ask you to do. Try to hit, like, you know, 26, 27, hit that stride. Way cooler. Uh, but it's just not re everyone's reality, and so I kind of had to zigzag here. Um, what resources do you recommend for learning SEO? Um, you can start by getting into Search Hustle. <laughs> yeah, so Meg's going to interface you with me multiple times, right? You've probably, probably already been like, man, this guy's obnoxious, but I like it. And so because you know, you're going to hear it from an SEO perspective, I'm going to give it to you straight. She'll put you in front of me, and then she'll offer you an option to get into Search Hustle. It's an online school, but what I've learned is I'm giving free memberships till January 1st, and the people that are jumping in aren't even taking it. Why? Because everybody knows free doesn't work. You have to have a cost attached to it for people to be like, ah, oh, I gotta get my money's worth. Well, you could get into Search Hustle for free. You just gotta go there at searchhustle.com, jump in. I will teach you about SEO. You don't wanna get in there? Yoast is a great place to start, yoast.com. Moz is a great place. Ahrefs is a great place. H A H R E F S. So these oh, are the fathers in the space. Yeah, and if you go to digitalmarketingstudent.co. Yeah, she's got a ton of resources. A re whole resource. Yep. But, but the, this class, digital marketing, is practical application the whole way through. You're building websites. You're you're writing. You're you're building your own kind of website. You're writing your own kind of blog. You're in a simulation. It's practical application. We'll go very in depth on all these calculations. And the, the very, it's, it's a lot of information, but it's good. And then social media marketing, you will, you have to have a client. So you have to go find a client, and, and they'll be with you throughout the whole, 
simulation is the best best yeah. thing you can do. Yeah. Best class I took here was a simulation. It was a it was a shoe store simulation in grad school. Best thing I ever did was that simulation. I mean, I I wish they under, gave it to undergrads, but that simulation just everything's ten dials. What happens when we crank some dials? What happens when I up this a little bit and drop this down? And what's the output? And so. Got five more minutes here, 9.50. You got something else on your brain. Yeah, I have to change that class like sometimes weekly, you know, depending on. So that's where your network is really important too. So the things can change on you so quickly. How many businesses have you started? So I started uh, College Fund Fireworks in my freshman year. I started loudwallet.com my sophomore year. I started multiple bands when I was here. I did uh, Driftwood and William Joseph Band and some other stupid ones. And so I would look at those as businesses. Um, they're all good experiences, organizing a team, getting gigs, getting paid, working on your P&L. Um, and then when I got out of college, I did own a franchise in Dallas, a carpet cleaning franchise. Um, and then I did own another one in San Francisco that I ran from here. So there's like five. But I can tell you this, and then I've got Nozak Consulting and these other things are, you know, also their own entities, but Search Hustle is connected to Nozak because it's all the things I've learned in video training. And then Brand Hawk is basically a respin of Nozak. I'm not doing anything new or unique on any of them. So really four or five. Um, the main thing is just getting in there doing something that if you fall you can fall forward you don't hit hard you don't lose everything you own start with things that if you you know lose quickly like i think it's the best i think the best thing i've learned from is failure because i'm like i don't want to be a loser any longer i want to be a winner so what caused that to lose and i'm like okay i expanded too far every time i had one foot in it always failed always if i don't have two feet in for me Hey, some of you may have more capacity. Um, when I have two feet into something, it's going to make it. Why? Because I burned my boats, and I'm not like, oh, I don't like this. See ya. It's like I burned my boats. I'm not heading back to that shore. I'm only heading to that shore, and that's the only way I'm going. And so every time I have two feet in, burned everything that can take me back, it's always worked because you've got, no, you got no other choice. Put yourself against the wall, head at it, you'll get there. Unless it's something outside of your God-given innate skills, and you're like, you know, I got a marketing degree, I'm gonna go be a PA. That's not gonna work. That's a physician's assistant, you need that degree. Thanks for listening to the Search Hustle Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about digital marketing, taking your knowledge to the next level, be sure to check out searchhustle.com, where we've got tons of free content, stuff that we use every week to market businesses, as well as our in-depth digital marketing course. Start your search hustle today at searchhustle.com.